Welcome to another episode of the Alias Forensics Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things information security. I'm your host, Teddy Undercoffler. Today, I'm joined with Andrew Noland, Jeff Bowie, and Brent Long as we talk about deepfakes. So what are deepfakes as well as what are the implications of deepfakes for cybersecurity? So I'm just going to go ahead and open the floor. So if anyone wants to start exactly what are deepfakes? Yeah, so, you know, deepfakes are the videos that have been altered. Um, I'm sure you've seen them from like late night comedy interviews where they'll have one actor maybe going on talking about something or even, you know, what's been really convincing are the ones where people who do impersonations are on these shows and then they just change uh, the faces of the individuals in the videos to match somebody else, maybe the person they're impersonating, or to just make it look like some other key figures, you know, said such things. Like which Bill Hader. Not. Yeah, like Bill Hader does a lot of those. And that's yeah. why I've seen mm-hmm. uh, the ones where he kind of looks like Tom Cruise. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> all those. Yeah, and the dude, man, I cannot think of his name, but he's the guy on ESPN who does like hundreds of different impersonations that like you get a guy like that on your team and then you just change his face to whatever likeness he's trying to portray and it looks like that individual is going in and saying these crazy off-the-wall things that are completely sad tire but look like they're true right yeah and so how do they do a deep fake how is it actually made i'll let you guys take that one so they they basically from what i understand is they take a bunch of samples so if you think about it like 360 degrees of perspective of someone's face if i can get every angle of that person's face and maybe some like key expressions of their face i can start building a library of kind of angles and expressions and and then i think they take those pictures and basically average them out and then they're able to kind of control that like a puppet after that and then as far as like the voice goes then they like take the um obviously they take different sound bites obviously like celebrities and popular people there's all kinds of sound bites and videos and stuff of them on the internet and so they can just um make a compilation of hours and hours of the way they speak and everything like that and um, put that through different machine learning and kind of massage that to be able to basically put into words and through the um, basically get them to talk. They're training the computer essentially Mm -hmm. like a dog. They're like, or a puppet. They're like training it like a dog and then it just performs whatever trick they want it to, you know, with that person's face and Mm -hmm. their voice. Yeah. And like historically it really has been to where they had to have hours and hours of video and things Mm -hmm. like that. But from what I understand, the way that the technology is developed, they can narrow it down to where if you say like, you know, one page script of all these different syllables and sounds and things like that, then they have free reign to make uh, a likeness of that voice and persona to say anything right, that they right. can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, it's just with more the more data that they have, the better they can do it. But right. it's getting that sophisticated right. that it really doesn't take all that much anymore. I right. mean, the, the technology has been around for a while, right? And we just haven't really seen it super, um, uh, I won't say popular, but it's really come to a head like lately, by like 2017 time frame. So right? mm-hmm. in my research, I saw where the technology dates back to 1997. Um, but that was purely like academically. They didn't, you know, it wasn't open to the public. Just everyone having that access wasn't there. Um, but it did kind of hit the mainstream in 2017 after some Reddit users started to post deep fakes. Gotta love Reddit. Well, well, look oh, at yeah. Gemini Man. <laughs> Gemini Man's a movie that essentially uses deep fake technology. But 
but we're seeing it used in an entertainment uh, context. But whenever you take a deep fake in something like a news article context or like a a media context, you know, then it, it starts getting a little bit scary. But but there's it's like a, any kind of other tool, I believe. You know, you can use hammers for murder or building houses, and just like you can use yeah. a deep fake for for multiple reasons. But um, I think that technology will be out of the hands of most. Uh, your average criminals won't be able to access that kind of technology. Or have the yeah. wherewithal mm-hmm. or know-how to right. kind of get that going, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen where people describe deep fakes and um, the relationship to deep fakes as a virus-antivirus dynamic, where deep fakes came about and deep fakes would be the virus. And so then cybersecurity professionals needing to try and stop deep fakes to prevent deep fakes are the antivirus, where it's just kind of a game of cat and dog. Like every time... Yeah. Cybersecurity professionals think they've got it where it's like, hey, we can accurately define what a deep fake is or determine if this is a real video or not. That's when the virus evolves and then there's something new where they have to suddenly catch up again. Right. Yeah. And the whole idea of kind of like, I think the whole notion of what your eyes witness, that whole fact of what you even perceive can be can be manipulated as a whole new realm of like, Anybody can say, well, how did you know that if you witness it in person, what you're seeing was true or what you saw on the internet was true? It has a whole other realm of, of plausible deniability, I think, of, of people. Yeah, because it used to be you would hear rumors about people, oh, such and such said this or he right. said, she said mm-hmm. stuff. But, hey, you know, people that were mature enough to separate all the noise and say, if I see it with my own two eyes, then, you know, maybe I'll give it some credibility. But until then, it's just hearsay. Mm-hmm. Well, now they are. They're putting it in front of your eyes. They're... Uh, presenting it in ways uh, that are, you know, going to be way more impactful and, you know, cause people to be fooled by this type of technology. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So leading into that, I can kind of splice in a couple of examples. There's a couple really good ones. Um, There's one where it's the Hillary Clinton thriller intro. Um, So this one is is an example of an audio deepfake. There's no video to go along with it, but someone took Hillary Clinton and spliced her voice to make the intro to Thriller. Um, (laughs) And the likeness to it is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, And then there's another one where it's another audio deep fake where they took Obama and spliced him to sing the Fresh Prince song. Yeah. So. Yeah, and like, uh, what were the little kind of tidbit videos they were doing uh, before you know deep fakes really kind of Key and Peele, the actor f- uh, from Key and Peele, well, I forget what his name was. He did like an Obama. That, there's a big video about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, he would do That's the a popular. One. He would do the impersonations and stuff like that. But what I'm talking about are like they would take actual snippets from their speeches and make like songs and things yeah, like that so like they just kind of uh, edited yeah, it together that's when they were yeah. kind of chopping mm-hmm. it together yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know that's not on the same uh level as the deep fakes are today because i mean you can clearly tell that hey they're not really saying this these right. are just audio clips it's blah blah right. blah i mean and they'll put it behind a beat and it may sound kind of like it but it was real easy to you know identify right. this isn't a but real at the same time it's recording like, mm-hmm. it's still kind of like the people on Hollywood Boulevard that are dressed up like Spider-Man are doing deep fakes in person. There's always been mm-hmm. the art of imitation. Yeah. It's just this is – I think the scariest part is anybody can go into like a video or photo editing app and make something custom. I think the scary part would be automate, automatically like just me getting automatically turned into some digital avatar versus yeah. it being mm-hmm. like someone intentionally singling me out. Yeah, it's it's so much more convincing. And, I mean, honestly, a lot of the videos that come out, it's hard to differentiate between what's a real video and what's a deep fake video. 
Well, and Teddy, speaking about that, you know, let's go ahead and get those audio tracks queued up so the listeners can, you know, get their own perspective on it. Yeah, absolutely. So this one is going to be Thriller featuring Hillary Clinton. I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah, right? Darkness falls across <laughs> there the it is. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the fog of 40,000 years. That's just too spooky, man. <laughs> the foulest stench. Wait, we're getting to the best part. To seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. <laughs> there it is. The hair is on the back of my neck. Oh my god. That sounds convincing, but I feel like it was specially crafted. Like I feel like that guy had to do a lot of like delays. It, like I feel like he took yeah. a, he spliced her words from speeches and then put some like that's why the thriller backing kind of covers mm-hmm. up some of the dirtiness maybe. Yeah, you're probably then, right on that. And then he's got the delay mm-hmm. put in there, but like again, that seems like a like a artistic expression more so than like a computer was able to take this person's like you type in Google person's name and all of a sudden you've got like some puppet of their right. Voice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who's to say that I mean, somebody can't do that right, and right. use yeah. like maybe crowd noise and things like yep. that to exactly. hide up some of their mistakes and make it sound a little more yep. convincing. Mm-hmm. That's yep, absolutely. I mean, and then I've got a second one here where it's the Fresh Prince, but with Obama. Do we want to listen yeah. to that one as oh, well? Oh, let's play it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll that'll be awesome. Awesome. Let me get that played up. I don't remember it being this deep. Now this is the story all about how... Copyright reasons. <laughs> and I'd like to take a minute. Just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Bum, bum, bum. Just like I remember. <laughs> I forget that Obama enough, did this. But interesting enough, Will Smith is Gemini Man yeah. in a deep fake. relaxing all cool, and I'll shoot some beatball outside of school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood, I got in one little fight, and my mom got scared and said, "You're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air." I whistled for a cab, and when it came near, the license plate said fresh, and it had Dyson there. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought, no, forget it, you're home to Bel Air. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight, and I yelled to the cabbie, you're home, smell you later. Looked at my kingdom, I was finally <laughs> He there. sounded like the Microsoft narrator right there. Yeah, <laughs> just a hair. Mm-hmm. But I think if that's a wonderful example of how, you know, the audio from you know, just the little snippets or whatever can be used for this deep fake stuff. And mm-hmm. it, even though I think the Obama one was a little less convincing than the Hillary Clinton one, it still has potential to where, like, you know, I people mean, who right. aren't educated aren't going to yeah. know the We're difference. still in the baby phase of this, you right. know. There's so much technology is going to change in the next year or right. two. 
Um, I think the creator Deepfakes even said that in the next, you know, six months to a year, it's going to be nearly indistinguishable. Right. Well, like what I, I, I know that the Deepfakes, like when it comes to especially vocal stuff, there's like inflection, cadence of speech, like there's all these, like the pitch, there's all sorts of like indicators that we subconsciously process that are missing from these kind of manufactured yeah. speeches that like throw us off. But like you, you guys have touched on, like when the technology progresses, if I can say, okay, Jeff speaks with just these notes, he mm-hmm. waits this many seconds per, per word, he chooses these synonyms for these, like you could calculate all that stuff. And then if you could live process that and then produce a audio file, it makes sense. But it's just, it's, it's still crazy to see that it's like if we didn't know and weren't prepped that those were deep fake audio and someone said whose voice does that sound like we'd still say obama yeah mm-hmm. yeah you wouldn't know any different right so i mean what it really comes down to it's just a matter of time and it's a matter of audio available right before all that stuff gets swept mm-hmm. under the rug right so we're probably the most you know people making podcasts are the most susceptible <laughs> yeah. to it. no honestly yeah i know we just, it just whatever you want me to say right. go ahead <laughs> Right, right. We can't wait to see deep fakes of all of us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so much for running for president. Well, I think yeah. the, the the desire for deep fakes, I had a friend who was an actor in L.A., and he um, he called me one day and he told me that um, people actually made uh, deep fakes, their nudes, of him. And basically, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know how long the desire for people to take someone that they like and put them on a more desirable image or whatever, I think that kind of mentality is going to go on forever, and it's been going on forever. It's just yeah. the technology suits it better now. So well, that's – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's actually kind of how deepfakes got popular right? is they would put celebrities' faces over just, you know, like porn star bodies. Right, right. Yeah, didn't Jennifer Lawrence kind of run into that when mm-hmm. she leaked some of – or her iCloud account got leaked or whatever? They, yes. you know, ran with that, mm-hmm. that they could – they were like, oh, here's the Jennifer Lawrence leaked photos. And they weren't really the ones. They were just photoshopped images right. of her on somebody else's body. Right. Yeah, and it comes down to, like, the weirdest things where it's like, oh, actually, I have a birthmark on this leg that's not yeah, on my body. Yeah, right. right. And that's, yeah. But then it's like, well, prove it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. gonna, yeah, how are you going to convince the masses right. of that, yeah. right? So I think mm-hmm. deep fix works both ways. It works for, like, if yeah. someone's trying to deny your knowledge of something, it's like, how do you know that it wasn't fake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it works both ways, I believe. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like all that comes back to just people on Photoshop realizing that, hey, we could do this. And right. Mm-hmm. That's how it started, and that's right. why it's progressed to where it is now. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I used to even take my brother's head and Photoshop it on family friends. You know, yeah. Foot pictures yeah, from, just because it looks funny. Yeah. To, it looks funny to do. Yeah. And so it's like there's always been that desire. It's just how are, if people weaponize it. Versus using it for entertainment. That's whenever it's like an issue. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, we've even done that with employees of ours who maybe couldn't make an event or something oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> right, right. We sure have. Photoshopped <laughs> them in, and it's kind of convincing, but mm-hmm. it's obviously still fake, and we do it out of just, you know, fun and games. But, you know, it can. You're right. It's depending on who has the technology at their disposal and wants to weaponize right. it. Like, that's mm-hmm. the risk that we run. And, I mean, what everybody runs of yeah. being able to be fooled by this stuff. So that leads kind of great into my next question about how deepfakes tie into cybersecurity. Um, I had seen one story where criminals used artificial intelligence software, deepfakes, to impersonate a CEO's voice. And so the CEO's voice, not the CEO, because he was currently on vacation, but the voice 
was kind of asking for employees to do a transfer of, I believe it was 220,000 pounds, which is equal to about $243,000. And they, you know, the poor employee ended up doing the transfer because the boss, you know, the voice, not the boss. I mean, the boss said so. The Yes, exactly. That's the point where it was like the boss was <laughs> like, oh, you have to do yeah, this transfer. Right? I'm on vacation. It's a crisis. I can't do it. And so this poor employee did the transfer, and then now suddenly they realize once the boss gets back, they're like, oh, my God, wait, this wasn't actually a legitimate transfer. Yeah. See, I would want to see what what actual technology they used, like what what library did they utilize for a deep fake? Because I feel like a lot of times in the news, like things can – like what if it's some guy with like a voice, you know, changer? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like there's always it's hard that to tell. So I think it's important for people to specify what technology or what method they use to accomplish this deep fake because then it lets us, you know, have a little bit more um, uh, ammo towards a, a defending it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But, you know, why that is especially tricky is, you know, we do social engineering and we do security awareness training to help combat the uh, social engineering going on for spoofed emails, spoof phone calls, and even, you know, showing up as somebody that you may or may not know or think that is legitimately supposed to be there. But one of the things we always tell people with the phishing emails is if your CEO is emailing you telling you to wire this, well, just stand up, walk to their office and say, hey, you know, I had one, I had another question about that wire request you had. And if they have no idea what you're talking about, then odds are that's probably a fake email. Right. And mm-hmm. I would never get annoyed if someone kept confirming that no. my check was going to the yeah. right account. Yeah. yeah. And especially sure. as like the chief executive of a business, like if you're getting annoyed about that, then right. you've got bigger issues. <laughs> yeah. than and you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't oh, yeah. be running your business. <laughs> right. you know? right. And like, but, especially in this instance, like $240,000. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's so not much change. money, mm-hmm. but um, you know what that comes. Uh, I, what I think of as a solution for that that people could apply is it's inevitable. Criminals are going to use this technology to try and uh, you know, do fraudulent activities and things like that. So yes, you can get a phishing email. You can walk to the person's office or you can call them on their cell phone, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And say, hey, you know, I got your email. Uh, Just wanted to confirm some things with that. Well, if they're sending you that email and then they're following that up with a phone call, like, hey, you know, got to make sure you get that done ASAP. It's, you know, got Mm -hmm. a deadline 20 minutes from now or whatever. That would make it difficult for somebody to say, well, I don't know if this is real. Right. You and know, also I, replying I to, to that email. It. Yeah, replying mm-hmm. to that email. Like, you can ask someone a question. Like, hey, you're, like, what did we have for lunch yesterday? You can at least validate. If you can't mm-hmm. go physically to that person, you can at least reply to the email. It's yeah. not like someone mm-hmm. again is going to get pissed off or upset yeah, because you're asking you say, too many yeah, questions about your money. Big deal. Where's you your money's going to go? No one's mm-hmm. just say, "Are you sure you want it in this yeah. account?" No one's going to get upset about that. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, to that point, like somebody sending that email you can reply to it if they know kind of the uh verbiage that that individual uses if they have that if they have their legitimate account they've probably compromised their email if they don't and they've spoofed it you know they may or may not be able to sound or appear convincingly like that person so that's you know kind of the risk you run into and if you're getting this email to wire and then somebody does a deep fake audio of the person that sent that email and tells you to 
hurry up, this has to be done in 20 minutes, right. Mm-hmm. Right. then, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to lose my job. That's a red I flag, you know, is, is sure. the hurry up or a it's time It's the urgency, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's the red flag. And that's, that's, what what, that's what people do with social engineering is they try and play to human weaknesses such as emotion. Right. And, you know, one of those is a sense of urgency right. or a fear of losing your job. Kind of like shopping so, channels if yeah. you notice they have the timeout. You know? Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but to talk about a solution with that would be, hey, I get an email. Hey, I get a phone call from that person. It's from their number. People can spoof numbers. We sure. all know that. The yeah. robocalls are outrageous. But you get that phone call. As soon as you hang that up, especially if you feel like, oh, my gosh, this has to be done. It's all legitimate. I would say the preventative measure there would be to call that person back and say, hey, I had one quick question. I know this is super urgent. And they'll recognize They'll either say, hey, what are you talking about? I didn't send any of that or whatever. So that's that's about the best way that I can think of to train on something like that. And it's going to have to evolve. But, you know, that would be my suggestion in policy is if you get a wire transfer request, call the person yourself. Do not mm-hmm. wait for them to call you because, right. I mean, yeah. there's always that chance that somebody has their hands on this type of technology. Because you could be the first person, and they could be moving down exactly. a line of people. And you could have yeah. just alerted them that, hey, this is going yeah. on in our company. Yeah, mm-hmm. had you just taken the initiative that, hey, I had a quick question about that wire transfer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's that trust but verify, right? Yeah, right. yeah, that's what it all comes down to. Yeah, and then I know the other issue that people are kind of concerned about is deepfake ransomware. Um, where again, it kind of ties into the human emotion, but instead of urgency, this is a sense of just like fear where they do, um, the deep fake pornography or the deep fake, you know, situations that make it look like you were in a situation you should not have been in. Um, and so they'll create that video and send it to you and just say, Hey, if you do not do what I say, I'm going to share this and people are going to believe it. I could see it being like, here's a video of you breaking this speed or like jaywalking. The court at this website wants you to pay a fine. And that would be like, you know, someone sees a video of quote themselves jaywalking or breaking a law. They think, oh, I might as well pay the fine. Like that's, you know, I Mm -hmm. guess a realistic use of a deep fake. Yeah. And like, thank goodness that the stoplight cameras or stop sign. Yeah. The stoplight cameras, right. Have been, you know, ruled on unconstitutional because. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Because if you were able to get your hands on one of those, you could just Photoshop the individual photoshop their car any of that right. into mm-hmm. one of those legitimate citations and you know be able to extort people for money exactly there. Yep. Mm-hmm. last question is with deep fakes it's really hard to tell you know what is true what is false so then how do you protect your company like how do you tell your employees be careful be aware of what you're doing and just how do you really instill that sense of not fear, but just sense of awareness into the people for your company. You know, I've been thinking about this for a couple of months now because we've actually had clients come to us and, you know, want to perform these types of tests. And I do feel like we have the technology in place that we're going to be able to do that. But the first question that came up is, well, so we do this sort of social engineering test. It works. It's probably going to work really, really well. Mm-hmm. what is it that we tell the company to prevent it from happening? Right. And so, you know, that's why I thought of the thing of if somebody calls you and says, hey, you got to do this after you've got that 
you know, fake email about a wire transfer, call them right back. Just ask one more question. You know, I think that would be a good starting point, right? So would you make that like company policy? I mean, like anytime a wire transfer is requested? It's kind of like what they do with wire transfers now in a way, right? There's always that second verification in some sort of manner. So it's almost like having a third verification. I also think it's like, yep. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. No, you're fine. <laughs> but, yeah, because, you know, people are already taking these steps to prevent phishing fraud oh, and well, wire mm-hmm. transfers and that. So, I mean, you just have to build it into the policy. Like, okay, you get a call, you get a email, whatever, or probably the other way around. Mm-hmm. If that person's in the office, go walk up and go talk to them in person about That's it. What you I, call the sneaker net, right? right? The sneaker net, yeah, one of our favorite terms <laughs> over here at AF. I think it's all in person. It's it's a fo- another form of impersonation. So it's like yeah. if someone walked in disguised as someone you didn't recognize, all the kind of logic or mental mindset you would have of like, where are you coming from? What are you doing? You would apply to the same kind of deep fake. So if you see a video or audio that you don't recognize, try to verify it and, and, and ask questions the same way you would have a disguised person. Yeah, you'll have to put it as, you know, the situation seems a little weird. Maybe I should ask some more questions, right. get some more verification, that sort of stuff. I mean, you're just going to have to start applying it to more and more medium. Right, what it exactly. Comes down to. exactly. So realistically, right now with where deep fakes are, there's not really any technology that can tell you officially, like, yes, this is a deep fake or no, this isn't a deep fake. So really, it just kind of comes down to humans. Just the people yep. and educate. There are people. some people that have algorithms that they've developed and mm-hmm. software for detecting deep fakes, but it's kind of like it's the cat and mouse type ideal where it's like the people that are creating the algorithms to encode these type of videos. It's like people are trying to figure out if someone has encoded a video like that. So it's just, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a, there's going to be video forensics even more so now than ever because of the fact of deep fakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. Facebook has even come out as far as saying that, hey, we're going to start banning deepfake videos. So they I w- did. So mm-hmm. I would assume that they have some sort of technology to identify those. Right. But, you know, it is. It's a cat and mouse game. So it's going to be back and forth whether, you know, they can keep up with the technology or not. And for the everyday person, you know, they're not going to have any no. access to anything like that. So it's kind no, of heck no. goes back right. to that, right. uh, you know, a human being able to, okay, figure that you know try to determine whether or not if they feel like this is fake or not right Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely well i am out of questions if anyone has anything else to add feel free um watch out for deep fakes in your 2020 elections folks yes Yes. (laughs) oh my gosh that's a whole new spiral (laughs) yeah we'll we'll have another episode on that yes well awesome thank you also so much for joining me so i appreciate it thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of the Secure AF podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, check out aliasforensics.com. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hope you join us next time.